Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. I faced conflict and inwardly emotional turmoil. Now, the fear here for Paul was not because of the devil. We will see very soon. So after they had gone through all this, he said, but God. I want you to get to the point where you say, but God. But God. In, in Romans chapter 7, you know, I think verse 24, 23, 24, Paul said that, oh, wretched man that I am, he said, who shall save me from this law of sin and death? Then the next verse said, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Listen, it doesn't matter what you go through. May you have a mindset that God will always come through for me. God will always come through. God will always come through. He said, but God, who always knows he knows he knows how to encourage the depressed encouraged us greatly by the arrival of Titus may God bring a fresh Titus in Jesus name verse 7 we were relieved not only to see him but because of the report he brought us of how you refreshed his heart. <laughs> Paul. The good news he had from the people of Corinth, not Macedonia. See, he was suffering Macedonia. Then Titus came. Why? When they were preaching the gospel, they were facing oppositions. They were facing trials. It looked like the gospel won't go. It looked like men would not listen. It looked like that it won't travel. But then God brought another man to tell them that the people of Corinth, they are doing amazing. That alone encouraged them. Because, you see, okay, you let's read on. But because of the report he brought us of how you refreshed his heart, he told us of your affection towards me, your deep remorse, and how concerned you were for me, this truly made my heart leap for joy. May you hear some good news that will cause your heart to leap. Yes, if yeah, take it if you want it. Yeah. So sometimes it is not in the situation where you are looks like it won't go again, but God will bring you a message. Somebody will tell you a testimony or something. 
that will, will encourage you to know that Charlie, where you are, it is it is possible for you to move through. Somebody say, I'm sailing through. May God bring you a Titus. This is the prophetic word for you this morning. That God will bring a Titus your way. Wherever you feel stuck, may Titus appear and bring you that good news in the name of Jesus. Because sometimes you need it. You need it. Even Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Because it looks like people heard him, didn't hear of him right. You know, they were saying all sorts of things until Peter said the right words. He said, thou art the Christ. Jesus was encouraged. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You cannot be a master on your own. There will be a time in your life where you will get stuck. All you need is a Titus to bring you a good news. It will encourage you. Maybe you are doing some business. It's not, it's not booming. Maybe it's a financial. You think that now my finances are not good enough. I've been paying. Or I've been giving offering. A tithe. A seed. Etc. But it doesn't look good. Then all of a sudden a Titus will appear. And the Titus will say look I gave a seed. And the Lord did this for me. God is not asking you to be envious. Normally when people hear people's testimony. They become envious. Now they go to God in, 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 in um, complaint. God, why are you doing for him, not me? God, no. God brought those words to encourage you. To know that if he has done it for this guy, he's telling you that he's doing it for you. Can you see that? Yeah. Verse 8. He said, even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it. Even though I felt awful at the moment when I heard how it grieved you. The, the message. It's not everything we say from here that makes everybody happy. But it's the truth. But the, It's telling you that at the end of the day, they will come back to understand the truth that he said. He said somewhere, he said, have I become an enemy unto you because of the message I give you? I gave you? Sometimes men of God become enemies of people. We are not men to come and say things that you like. We are the Keruks. We have been sent to speak. Speak the message of Jesus. And if the message of Jesus we are speaking does not align with a behavior or a thought or something, you, you, you go to Jesus and attack him. Not us. But sometimes people will attack you. Look at Paul. He said, even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it. Do you know what he means? He means all the while, in his mind. Maybe he said, and if I knew how I would, I, 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 you know, I shouldn't have sent the letter. Because the, the people are sorrowful. The people are, oh, if I had known. You know, there are some messages that I, I preach and when I look at some of you, I'm like, God, I shouldn't have made me send this message. Let me give them sugar, sugar. But you forget that sometimes when we are preaching, we are also listening to it. Because, you see, we are the pipe. And water is going through us to you to drink. Have you seen a pipe that water goes through and it will not be wet with water? The pipe will be wet. So, as I'm telling you, the thing is going through me. I'm getting wet by it. In fact, first, before you. <laughs> oh, Paul. I love Paul. 
he'll be the first person I see in heaven. In fact, the second person. Jesus first, Paul second. Before my grandfather, relatives. Um, now it's a choice. You, if I go and see your, your grandfather, say, hey, kwekuwaba. <laughs> I say, Paul. I say, can we sit down? Can you explain this to me? You know. Even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it. Even though I felt awful for a moment when I heard how it grieved you. So the message grieved them. Go on. Now I am joy. I'm overjoyed. Not because I made you sad, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced God's godly sorrow and as God intended, it brought about gain for you. Not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. Oh, Paul. Okay, then. God designed you, designed us to feel remorse over what? Sin. In order to produce repentance that leads to victory. Did you hear that? So when you do something wrong and you feel like you regret or you feel remorse. No, no. Don't allow the Satan to take the glory. He says God designed us to feel it. Now, if you are a believer and you do something wrong and you are not remorseful, it's dangerous to you. Hmm? You have done something and you don't feel remorseful. He said God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce, because if you don't feel remorseful, you won't repent. If you don't regret, you will not repent. So the fact that you, are, you, have, you feel remorseful is a sign that you are going by the design. He said, this leaves us no regret, but the sorrow of the world works death. Did you hear that? The sorrow of the world works what? Death. Okay. The next one I want us to look at, the negative side of, of fear, is 1 Peter 3.14. 1 Peter 3.14. And then we look at 1 John 4.18. 1 Peter 3.14. Okay. But even if you happen to suffer doing what is right, you will have a joyful experience of the blessings of God. And he said, don't be intimidated or terrified by those who will terrify you. And don't be intimidated or terrified. Let's look at uh, King James so that people will see fear. Quickly. Okay, look at it. But and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. So you see the word fear here. Uh -huh. Now, the negative part of fear is not to respond to the terror of men. When you know you are walking on the path of righteousness. Do you understand that? You know sometimes you do something right and people accuse you and do all sorts of things. And you feel so bad, you wish you never did it. Have you been there before? Ah, don't you remember Mary Magdalene? When she washed Jesus' feet with her tears and oiled it with perfume, people were accusing her. 
They said, ah, are you not correct? There are a lot of hungry people around. Why would you want to buy this expensive perfume? And, and no, 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 no. Says, let us sell it and go and take care of the poor. You know what Jesus said? He said, the poor is with you every day. No, Jesus was trying to talk about the righteousness of Mary Magdalene. That what she had done was right. Today, men of God come buy expensive stuff. If I buy a jet today, everywhere they will calculate the amount of the jet. The price. Then they will say, but there are poor people in the church. Can't he use the money to take care of the poor? But before I bought the jet, the poor was there. Is that correct? No, let's be let's be frank here. Because one day you will be you'll be a man of God, woman of God. And and you buy expensive cars and jets. If you are my son and daughter, you must buy them. It's a choice. If you want to live life anyhow. When we see you, we'll do like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. They will tell you, why won't you sell everything so that you, you know, when COVID happened, they said we should take the money in the coffers and go and buy food for the poor people. But you know it is impossible. Even when we do, we can't, we can't sustain But before COVID came, those poor people were there. And they didn't say anything. When we didn't buy the jet, they were not saying anything. Now we bought the jet. They said we should go and sell the jet and take off the poor people. For how many years? He says that, be not afraid of their terror. So you see, here is where fear becomes negative for you. You don't respond to their terror when you knew, when you know you have done something right. When you walk in righteousness, it doesn't mean people will be excited about you. They will say things, they will terrorize you, they will, they will, they will do all, all sorts of things. But he says, don't be afraid of their terror. So God is saying your response to it, TPT, your response to it is what matters. Are you with me? But even if you happen to suffer, you see, for doing what is right, you come to church, you go home, and if you are not living with, sometimes your parents can do that, or people you are living with, they want to insult you, they want to do all sort of things, as if, you know, you went somewhere to kill a man. You only went to the house of God, and it is right. It is right. It doesn't matter what time you get home. It is right. Can I show you something? Jesus at the age of 12 ran away from his parents. Huh? I know Jesus was very obedient. But when it comes to the things of the spirit, father and mother must separate. I'm telling you. He, he actually dodged them. And he, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he, the parents will be 
You know, when they, 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 they when he saw them, he would, he would try and hide. Try and hide. Try and hide that until he entered into the temple and hide under some hid under some, some chair. Until it was evening or something. And the Bible says that and he stayed in the temple for three nights. Asking questions of the spirit, of the things of the spirit. Can you see this? Now, if it was today and you catch your child, especially in Africa, your back will feel the pain. But you see, the point is that when his parents came, they were not angry because they understood the purpose of this child. Don't just give birth. Don't just give birth. Don't just give birth. You have children. You don't know their purposes. When you know their purpose and they are working in it, you, you support them. When you don't know their purpose, you will give them your purpose. Become a doctor. Become a nurse. Go and do this. Go and do that. Go and do... No, that is not it. Stop giving birth. Every, uh, because you are married, so you must give birth. As you ask the Lord, what is his purpose? Check the Bible. Every baby that God was involved that was coming out, he gave the purpose. John the Baptist, Jesus. Uh, uh, every, go check the scriptures. What they, are, they were about to do. This is your child that is on, you are seeing every day. What is he coming to do? Is that you should give birth four, three, five, seven, eight. Now listen, when you push them into a purpose which is, which is not designed for them, they will struggle and they won't do well. Before they know it, it will take a long time. And you think your children are useless. You are pushing them into an area where it's not their purpose. Listen, let me tell you, apart from salvation, the second thing on God's heart is his purpose. God doesn't do anything without purpose. Do you know why parents who don't... Uh, maybe the parent herself or himself does not even know his or her purpose. And so they are not working in purpose. So they, Because they are not used to purpose, they cannot even lead their children in purpose. Said, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, listen, and his mother said unto him, son, why has thou that TPT, TPT, Naminkani. His parents were shocked to find him there. And Mary scolded him, saying, son, your father and I search for you everywhere. We have been worried sick over not finding you, which is normal. Why would you do this to us? Mm -hmm. Jesus said to them, why would you need to search for me? It's like he's talking back to his parents, but no. He's making a spiritual statement. 
you know that this was necessary for me to be here in my father's house? Consume him, consume with him. I read that again. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? Go on, 50. <laughs> Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand what Jesus meant. But look at the next one. Jesus went back home with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Which means that he had always been obedient. But when he came to that space of purpose, I'm sorry. Because when it comes to purpose, Satan can even use your own parents, people around you, to stop you from carrying out that purpose. Do you know where people get some of their, sometimes their purpose? From people. You see somebody living a particular life or way. You think that is your purpose. Me too, I must do it. Somebody's a celebrity, so I must be a celebrity. Is that your purpose? Somebody said TikTok star. TikTok. Is that correct? TikTok star. And he has made money, several followers. So you think this is my purpose. Me too, I must behave like her to become that. That is not your purpose. You will die early. Do you know it was the purpose of Jesus Christ for him to have died for us, right? But the Bible says, we read it on Friday, when Jesus was on his way, the Bible said that Peter, Satan spoke through Peter and said, Jesus, don't do this. Why do you want to die? What did Jesus do? The Bible says, and Jesus looked at him and rebuked him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, get out of here. He said, why are you always in my way? Why are you always opposing me? Do you remember? And he said, for you don't think like the way God thinks. Look, one day some of you become parents. If you're already a parent, you can renew your mind. But if you're not a parent, majority of young people are here, you're not married, some of you, you know, make sure you, you know the mind of God. When you know the mind of God, you will direct your people, your children in that line. Once, once they come, if, before they even come out, you will know, you will know inwardly what this child has come to do. Imagine a purpose of one of your children is to be in Iraq and become a missionary. What would you do? You can't stop it. You can't stop it. I don't have time to talk about purpose. But it's important. There are some of you here, you know truthfully, you don't know your purpose. You don't, even, you don't know why you exist. Everything goes. Everything. Everything goes for you. Everything. Goes. You don't marry because of sex. You don't marry because of marry because of purpose. If you marry because of container, you are in trouble. Because the container will expire soon. See, one day when you are you are so. If you don't believe in uh, eternal life and your body is wrinkling and your wife's body is wrinkling, all the container is dropping like like, like sack. Eh? What? Now the beauty is gone because it will fade away. The handsomeness will fade away. <laughs> eh? 
Now the teeth will hang Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> the question is, what is going to keep the two of you? What will keep the two of you? Purpose. Don't marry because you marry. Hey, today she's beautiful. Tomorrow, today he's handsome. Today, I like height. I like height. I like chest. I like one day, amazing. Now, but do you know the very thing that attracts you? After some time, it doesn't attract you again. I'm telling you. The very thing that you saw that attracted you know, you become comedian. After some time, that thing does not attract you again. It becomes normal. But purpose is always renewed. Because purpose is the mind of God from beginning that, you know, that transcends every, every situation. Purpose. Ladies, are you hearing me? Don't let car car does not mean purpose or character. Rather, if you want to see the character of people, see the way they drive. Those of you who drive, you understand what I mean? You will see people's character and attitude. Just watch. Somebody gives you a lift. And you see the way it cross the way like, no, 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 you know. <laughs> This is what you will see at home. Yeah. The, the Lord brought my attention to it. People express their emotions and their attitude. You see this smallest guy. But once he's sitting in some tundra. He wants to drive like and show you her. Make proud. Do you know what it means? If this guy is lifted small in life. So don't just enjoy the lift. Watch the character through the driving. When people when people cross him, how does he behave? Will you see this? Mm. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now that's what the boys are doing. They are renting cars. They are renting cars and they will bring it in. And the girls will say, oh, night. Wow. I think they do something. They call it what? I, I saw one on Facebook yesterday. It's called what? Uh, prank. Gold digger. So they will bring a nice car. And then he will walk around and say, oh, hello, can you give me your number? And when you say, you then he will go and open the car. Ping, ping. Then the lady will come back and say, oh, hello. <laughs> hey, the world is turning on. Then the lady will come now. He said, I don't like you. Now he said, I like you. I like you because of car. So what if the car has an accident? I'm not talking about relationship, but let me give you this. When you meet somebody and they're talking to you, don't be focusing on, oh, you are pretty. Oh, you are handsome. Oh, well, your father has told you severally. You know. Don't you have me wrong? What you should be focusing on is purpose. Find out if your purpose is what I can help you carry. And hear, my, hear me out. Some of you, your purpose is church. You can meet a man or a woman who will not agree with that purpose. They might appear to like until you fall in. 
take this one out. Okay. Now let's look at maybe one positive side of fear. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5. The positive side of fear, fear when, when fear comes in a positive way, it's called reverence. It's called reverence. Those who are employed should listen to their employ, employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your heart as though you were working for the master. That's Jesus. Let's look at the King James. Okay. He said, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. That is according to human life. With what? Okay. Now, if you understand this fear and trembling, the same one is the, what is in Philippians. He said, you know, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So, now fear, you know, that's not what he's talking about. The word reverence here is, fear here is respect or, or reverence. Can you see that? Uh-huh. So, he said, with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ. So God is saying that when somebody is your master, if I employ you in my office, it does not matter my age. God says, give me respect. Give me honor. Just as, treat me just as you would have treated Jesus. How about you talk anyhow to your bosses? Remember, if they had not employed you, you would have been jobless. Those who are employed, those who are employed, should listen to their employers and obey their instruction. They say, come to work at 8 o'clock. They say, come and work at 8.30. Do this work. You say, I will do it at this time. Do everything you would like to be a deviant. He said, obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your heart. As though you were working for the master. So when you are working for somebody, see the person as though you are working for Christ. Don't say, if Jesus were here, I would have served him well. But Jesus has put somebody in his place. Like the president. He has given certain laws. You are crossing red light. You are not paying some things. But if Jesus were here, you would have said, I would do it. Can you see that? Hmm. So what is Satan's strategy? Now, this is Satan's strategy against the believer when it comes to fear. Satan was somehow excited about the law because the law was always leading to death and he was happy about it. Listen to this. It will help you. Uh, this is the source of every fear in your life. Every fear in your life. Some of you, even the fear of, hey, you know, when you are alone, somebody dies, you know. There's some people still, you can't tell them, they sleep with light. There's some people, they can't watch some, some movies and go to room alone. They will say, come and sleep by me. Or, my question is, when they come and sleep by you, you all sleep and go differently. <laughs> so sleeping by you is nothing. 
But do you know, do you know a spirit can re, re, um, show himself to you whilst you are here, but you will never see him? Do you know that? Yes. Oh, you don't know? Do you remember Peter, uh, Saul on the road to Damascus? He saw Jesus. The rest couldn't see him. Daniel will be walking and the Bible says that and he will see a vision. And only, said, and only Daniel could see the vision. An angel could appear to Daniel and not to the rest. So, somebody to come and sleep by you, etc. It doesn't do anything. Only cast fear out of your life. That is the solution. Cast fear. So, I'm saying that Satan was excited about the, 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 the era of the law because the law brought, uh, it didn't bring, I mean, the law empowered sin and sin brought death. So there was death under the reign of law. If you understand just this, what it means is that Satan is always trying to make you go back to the law. So everybody under the law, they were terrified. Terrified of who? God. His justice. That God will do this to me. That God will do this to you. And God killed them. When they did this, God... and. Even not from the pulpit today, people preach that. Because you have done this, the anger of God will come over you. You know, God will do this and the wrath of God and you know, law. This is the era of fear. Go to, is it Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 22. He said, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched. Okay, let's do TPT so we can get it. I'll show you a bit of the terror that was in the Old Testament. For we are not coming as Moses did to a physical mountain with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. Uh -huh. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice and fearful voice that they begged for silence, to be silent. They couldn't handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The outstanding phenomenon Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear. And he could only say, I am trembling in terror. So in the Old Testament, all they knew was fear and terror. Because the sound of God's voice alone God will appear as a whirlwind. God will appear as fire, as thunders. And they were afraid. Now he said physical. Including sin. They will make, they will sin and then the, the earth will divide and then man will enter. You know, all these things. Then in verse 22, he said, but contrast we have already come near to God in a total different realm. Oh. The Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. 
we have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration and as members of the church of the firstborn all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven and we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes and we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seed blood that continues to speak from heaven forgiveness a better message than the Abel, than Abel's blood that Christ the earth justice can you, can you see this so the old testament was full of fear and today what Satan tries to do the, every source of fear has to do with God so that's Satan's strategy now be, let me say this so I help you so if I don't get there before I finish you know that I have told you now the principal reason he does that for you the Christian is because Satan knows that today there is something in you called eternal life he knows that in your spirit is the Holy Spirit. And so you are not supposed to be sick nor die. So how can he can then get access to you and make you sick and die? Please, when you see mosquitoes in your room, don't you, doesn't a little fear run through you? Yes. Because you know that if it bites me, I can get malaria. Is that correct? Yes. Let's be frank. Why would you get up and go and kill it? Because you are afraid that if you don't kill it and it bites you, you might suffer. I just want to start from just this little thing. The reason is that any form of fear produces stress to the body. What are the nurses? Uh -huh. And stress can result in depression. But let me go back to stress. When your body is under stress, in your blood, there are these white blood cells called lymphocytes. Lymphocytes help you to fight against external infections. Now, when you are under stress, your immune system cannot work properly. When COVID came, I'm telling you, the reason why a lot of people died was not because of COVID. It was because of fear. Because when men were under fear, the immune system, that's why they were telling you, boost your immune system. It's not because the immune system was not running. It was because fear was causing the lymphocytes to be decreased. In other words, it was affecting your immune system. Your immune system is a system that God has put inside of you that fights diseases and sicknesses that come into your body. Am I correct? Good. So, Satan knows it that when he allows fear to come your way, he's affecting what stops sicknesses. Now, when sickness now enters your body, 
the next and the overall result is that it produces death. That is his job. Your spirit, he cannot kill it. But your body, he can touch. Now, Satan is excited to take you out of this world early. Now, for the believers, whether we die or not, when we die, let me put it this way, when we sleep, it is not bad news. Because we sleep here and we wake up there. So, so it, is, it is not a problem. But you see, you might not have finished executing your purpose. The very thing and the reason why God brought you here, you might not have finished it. Can you see that? So Satan is throwing fear everywhere. The fear that you will not make it. The fear that things are, are delaying. The fear, fear everywhere. The fear that mosquito, common mosquito. I'm telling you. So I, prophet, are you trying to say that so when mosquito bites me, I won't get malaria? Yes. Yes. You don't know what is in you. Do you know what eternal life is? Eternal life is a life that swallows and destroys death, sicknesses in your body. You have not been conscious about it. You know how many times malaria, mosquitoes bite me? I don't, I'm not conscious about them. They bite me. I just feel the pain and I will do this. But as to whether I will carry, my mind will carry on to the next stage to say I will get malaria. It, it ends at the pain. Now I'm trying to get to the point where they bite and I don't feel the pain. <laughs> it's a choice. Death is inevitable, but not to the believer. That's what the Bible says. It said, not all of us shall taste of death. So there are some that will die. There are some that will go to heaven straight. You see, when you don't know your purpose, eh? You allow sicknesses and things to happen. But when you know where you are going, sicknesses can't delay me. I'm supposed to be here today and I'm sick down with malaria. And you know when you are sick of malaria, a whole week, a whole week is, 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 is messed up. You're supposed to go and do some, go and transact some business. And malaria, come on mosquito. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So fear, which produces stress, depression, sickness, eventually death. This is Satan's job. Didn't you hear what Jesus said when he announced him? He said, but the devil cometh only to... That is, and I told you, Satan cannot come to you when there's nothing for him to steal. Look at it. That's what he says. He cometh but. So when there's nothing for him to steal, he can't come. Don't give him anything to steal. Fear is the first step of stealing. That's what he does. Anything. Haven't you realized sometimes you can go a week, two weeks, three weeks of prayer, fasting, everything. Then when you are alone, sometimes sitting, then he brings the fear of delays. And you're like, my life is delaying. Why is it this way? Why are things happening this way? Fear. Then you know what he does? Then he begins to, once you respond to it, then he gives you a vision of your friends. 
You go on Facebook, you see them pictures. You go on status, you see. He shows you things that will make you see that you have delayed. Do you remember what we just read? He said, when you are doing something right, don't encourage the terror or the fear. What you are doing is right. If you have lived, lived right until today, the reason why you are thinking like this is because the devil is throwing fear at you. The fear that you cannot make it. Look at my age. I'm 30 years. I'm 40. I'm not married. I'm 30 years. I've not given birth. He brings fear. Fear, fear, fear. Sometimes we go to the hospital based on fear. You go and drink concussion based on fear. The fear that I cannot give birth. Are you better than Sarah? See, you read those stories, you never believe them. The day you tell yourself, I don't care. Even if I'm thousand years, even if I cannot work again, I will still have a child. The day you get to that age, that's the day we know that Satan's voice has been silenced to your hearing. I'm telling you. Are you with me? That's the reason he does that. But you see, have you ever heard people say that life is too short? Why do you think they say that? Death. Because you don't know when you will die. I was thinking when they say life is too short, they are saying that Jesus is coming soon. I think that's a better reason. Not because the Christians shouldn't say that. Death is for you. Oh. You see, sometimes you say things that people say. Hey, life is too short to just say what you when you be one answer life. In fact, which life are you talking about? Which of the lives? Earthly life. God knows that. That is why he gave you his life. The eternal life. See, have a change of mind. Let this message of grace infiltrate your mind and change you. It, it, listen, when you keep saying life is short, like you are putting limitations to a lot of things in your life. And it will cause you to do wrong things. Everybody wants to be rich in a day. Everybody wants to make money in a day because life is too short. Says who? According to whose measurement? And the believer is saying the same thing. Life is too short. Like, death is yours. I'm telling you, you choose to die. Say, so I, I choose to die. In fact, we, we don't call it, the Bible doesn't, call, for the believer, the Bible doesn't call it death. Paul said, and when we sleep, and I'm telling you, you sleep here, you wake up. Anybody that sleeps wakes up, and then you but in your waking up, you wake up somewhere. That's it. So, what Jesus did for us in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Jesus came to deal with the, with, the, with the ultimate reason of the fear. That is death. Reason why you're not so, supposed to be afraid of death. Say, I'm not afraid of death. listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian raymond night at 6 p.m 
Encounter the supernatural in her prophetic service on Friday at 6 p.m. and sit under the reign of heaven in her Frenessa service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed Name.